Hi, everyone. Welcome to Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Life Coaching. I want to thank you for joining us today. Today, I want to talk a little bit about childhood wounds and the impact of having a childhood wound that is unhealed. So, you know, narcissistic abuse, right? That's that's what uh, seems to be an epidemic nowadays. And, and, and part of the reason why narcissistic abuse is not talked about is because many people don't really understand why narcissistic abuse shows up. What is it, how it shows up, and why it's happening really under our noses. And from what I believe and from what I've seen and from what I experienced, it stems from childhood wounds. So what happens is, is that a childhood wound, which is really an attachment trauma, anytime that there's a disconnect from mom and dad, that it's too early, premature, without the ability to properly individuate uh, with, with healthy attunement, healthy empathy, healthy respect, healthy boundaries, is going to create an attachment trauma. Uh, there's many forms of attachment traumas. They can happen for, at any age. Uh, they can happen quickly, suddenly. They can happen gradually. Uh, in the form of narcissistic abuse, for example, uh, you know, a child may never, ever have been connected to mom emotionally. There may have been a complete and total disconnect, uh, which is very difficult to assess that type of wound, mostly because there was no attachment to begin with. So the child is kind of abandoned from the get-go. Um, but uh, you know, uh, childhood wounds really are any 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 form of uh, any form of lack of attunement. You know, you can have an emotional wound, which is totally uh, innocent on the parent's part. I should say, without their knowledge and realizing it, is that there's not they're not available for the child's needs. That creates an attachment trauma, creates a wound. Um, it can happen through sexual abuse, physical, emotional, verbal abuse. Anytime there's smothering, anytime there's uh, abandonment, neglect, any of these woundings are going to create a childhood wound. Um, a childhood wound leaves children uh, and then the eventual adolescent and then the adult into a very chaotic, lifelong, uh, really, search for answers and clarity. And it takes a lot of work to to overcome a childhood where there is this childhood wounding. And, you know, it's, it's, it's very difficult to see how powerful these wounds are and how impactful they are, and not just uh, on, on, on everyday life, uh, you know, the emotional regulation, uh, but really relationships and really perceptions of the world and oneself. Because childhood wounding really shapes your personality. It shapes how you interact with your, your first primary caregivers, you, the, your family of origin and those around you. Uh, it, it certainly um, is going to dictate how you view relationships and how you view connection and, atta- and attachments and, and, uh, and, and communication patterns as well. So we want to understand that the childhood, childhood abuse is not about pain. It's, it's obviously painful, but it's about perceptions. It's about, uh, it's about reactions. It's about relationship patterns that get created and the personality that gets developed out of the trauma, out of the disconnect. So these childhood wounds really do are powerful. They're very impactful and they're not just one-time experience that is just painful and you know oh i i i experienced the trauma well it's not just the trauma it's also the 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 understanding of what happened and how it happened and who the perpetrator was and or who should have been there to protect uh as a child so uh, any of these forms of disconnect are going to um are going to wreak havoc on the the uh, individual's ability to uh to interact with the world and ultimately the way one interacts with the world, i.e., any, any connection, any acceptance they feel, any validation as a human they, that they do or do not feel will come from how uh, attuned th- their emotions are so, uh, to people around them. So, for example, early childhood 
that has healthy attunement and healthy connection will will t- will will deliver a very deep and and healthy message to the child that they are okay, that they're loved and they're accepted the way they are. Um, when there's that invalidation of trauma and pain, uh, it creates a certain sense of you are just un really un, un you're unacceptable. You're not your feelings don't matter. Uh, and then ultimately you have you have a, a deep message of a deep painful core belief uh, message received by this child. Obviously without their awareness, they encode it, uh, they absorb it, uh, much in the way we absorb the idea that the sun comes up in the morning and sets at night. Uh, we, we kind of come to believe that over time because it's happened every day that that's just normal. Um, but is it is it normal? I mean, maybe. Uh, but I would say that we've come to experience it every day uh, that becomes a core belief that the sun will come up tomorrow, even though I have absolutely no proof of the sun coming up tomorrow. I just have what happened today and every other day that I've been here. Uh, this is how powerful these messages received from, from childhood abuse, from childhood attachment traumas. Um, so when a child is developing a personality, a, a way of communicating to the world, uh, if their communication and if their their bridges to the world are ones of chaos and, and abuse and, and mistreatment, um, then the world is going to seem hostile. It is going to seem unsafe. It's going to seem abusive. So it's not, again, it's not the physical abuse or the sexual abuse at 10 that screwed the kid over or ruined their their life, so to speak. Uh, we have to, we fundamentally need to understand that it is more about the perceptions, the cracked lens of, of perception and the inability to to get to get uh, understood and, and uh, accepted for the feelings of pain and hurt. So as this, as the, excuse me, as the time goes on and this child is in pain uh, and they're trying to create meaning and understanding and context out of this pain, it will inevitably create, you know, look for a cause that where our minds are looking to understand and get clarity, to feel safe. And um, when we don't feel safe, ultimately, excuse me, we, we become very defensive. We become, uh, protected. We want to protect ourselves, and we're unable to feel like the world around us is there for us, and ultimately people are there for us. Uh, and this further creates disconnect and isolation, which then sends this child into a into a sense of there is a, this a terrible world out there. No one's there for you, uh, and and ultimately you, you know people are not good. Um, further cracking this child's lens of perception and days, months, and years go by with this with this horrendous experience of, of, of emotional trauma and all the wounding uh, from not being properly attuned to um, ultimately uh, destroys the human spirit. And, you know, th- this this is what we start, we need, as I think as a whole, as a society, as, as a humanity, we need to start getting in touch with What's really going on here with regards to human disconnect, dysfunction, toxic behaviors, toxic, uh, toxic connections, and, and, and really narcissistic abuse? Um, because unless we do, unless we're going to work to identify and pick up uh, what is going on here, we really are just uh, like a chicken with our head cut off. We're just totally lost. Uh, and ultimately trying to solve a, solve a problem uh, where you don't even really know, the, when you don't, or start to say, trying to find a solution when you don't know the problem uh, is, is pretty much impossible. So if we're going to start looking at these childhood traumas and these attachment traumas, uh, or I should say the symptoms of today from an attachment trauma uh, point of view, 
we're going to get some clarity. We're going to get some understanding. Now, I'm aware that there's the idea that uh, we're born with uh, genetic dispositions and, and certain, certain uh, maybe neurological dispositions and conditions that might have been passed on generationally. I'm, I'm aware of that. Um, so that's why I'm speaking from a more of a, of a conceptual perspective. And I just want to, people to start to entertain this um, because, you know, from my, this is a personal perspective. And okay, you know, I know it might be controversial, but that, like I said, it's personal. So feel free to disagree with me. I do believe that when we are, uh, you know, intergenerationally traumatized, you know, a lot of these wounds of childhood have been going on for who knows how long, right? Parents don't just decide how to wound their kids. A lot of times they are wounded in similar ways and they kind of just repeat that same dysfunction, um, the, the, um, the, the, the human being, the human condition has free choice. We have the ability to choose, uh, and, and by choosing to kind of uh, self-reflect and self-correct, slowly but surely, we can actually realign our, ourselves uh, to undo that intergenerational uh, woundings. So I, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know, you know, which came first, the chicken or the egg. I don't know which one comes first whether it's a disposition and therefore there's there's childhood wounding or there's childhood wounding and therefore there's a disposition. I'm talking going back who knows how many hundreds of years. But ultimately, I believe, it is my personal belief, that we can correct these dysfunctions, these behavioral changes, by identifying the attachment traumas and by understanding how the human being reacts to trauma. And, and coming from that perspective, our symptoms of today are going to make a whole lot more sense uh, like I said, otherwise we are lost. We are very lost. We are looking at the symptoms. Um, I, I've uh, a lot of what I do is based on uh, a mind map therapy system, uh, which I have been trained to work with uh, by Dr. Rosenberg, Dr. Judy Rosenberg. Uh, she created the mind map system, and I'm absolutely obsessed. I think it's brilliant, and I think it's spot on. Uh, what she discovered is that unless we're going to identify the cause, our symptoms are going to leave us completely lost and actually misguided and misdirected. And ultimately, we're just managing symptoms every day. We have to understand what trauma does to the body, to the mind, to the spirit. We have to understand it if we're going to make long-lasting health changes. So the, 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 um, and I will go into the mind map system in a separate podcast um, and feel free to check it out uh, on psychological psychologicalhealingcenter.com. Uh, Dr. Rosenberg has her whole mind up system laid out really nicely. You can kind of get a view of how it works. And like I said, I'll do, I'll do that in another podcast. Um, but for now, you know, we want to understand that childhood trauma is not an experience. It's not a one-time experience. It's not even a several-time experience. It's, it's a permanent viewpoint of life that doesn't allow a person to get clarity on what is going on, what is actually happening today. It's a, it's a lot of reacting to past hurts. So, you know, when we're when we see somebody who is a perpetual criminal or somebody who who absolutely seems like they're just uh, reacting, you know, like they're overthinking things, they're stressed out or they're constantly angry, you know, it's so easy, it's so simple to slap a disorder. It's so simple. Uh, to to uh, but it, it's fundamentally misunderstanding the way human beings operate. Uh, so so if we're going to understand mental illness, if we're going to understand toxic behaviors, we need to understand why a person would do such a thing. What's motivating them? Uh, and this takes this takes effort. This takes thinking. This takes stretching of the mind to try to understand toxic and dysfunctional behavior uh, that's relaying itself in in any form. So. Um, like I said, in order to properly 
uh, look at the look at the uh, the mental illness that we see or the uh, the the symptoms such as increasing rise in anxiety and depression and suicides, you name it. Uh, we're going to want to take a look at this childhood traumas. We're going to really want to hyper-focus on it and see what it does. And if we can find a way to trace it back to that original disconnect or disconnection or help the individual see that they are reacting to a trauma, which takes a lot of self-reflection, a lot of, lot, of, lot of courage, a lot of strength to just look at yourself and be like, this is something that happened to me. Uh, far before I had any choice or chance to protect myself. This is obviously a very difficult thing for people to do, but as a society, as a humanity, we need to take a look at our collective childhood wounds and realize that a lot of what you're seeing today is a repetition of childhood wounding. You're seeing a lot of people who are reacting to over the top with fear, extreme anxiety, <clears throat> you know, addiction, behaviors that are dysfunctional, and it's collective. We feed off each other. We're all connected, and we all tra share these traces of wounding uh, by communicating in toxic and dysfunctional ways. We share our wounds with others when we communicate in dysfunctional, toxic ways. So I know we did a lot, covered a lot today, and I know it's a compact, a lot of information. So um, I hope this I hope this uh, podcast resonated with you, and I because I'm very passionate about it. I'm very passionate about these attachment traumas. Uh, more can be seen under the workings of John Bowlby's attachment theory, uh, the different forms of attachments that are that uh, the avoidant, the anxious, uh, avoidant, the ambivalent, uh, the disorganized attachments that are all uh, stem from mom and dad and family of origin, and and how this shapes a person's point of view. And uh, the way they communicate, the way they love, the way they, the way they perceive themselves. Um, let's, uh, let's collectively, let's start to take a look at this. Start to really uh, study it. Let's study it. Let's become aware of it. Let's see effects of it. And you'll notice that um, by doing that work, you'll really be able to um, be, a lot, be at ease uh, slowly but surely as you, as you start to undo the damage. Uh, you know, if you've got damage... If you're a damaged human from trauma, uh, there's just no use hiding it. Uh, it's That's where mental illness uh, really perpetuates when we have to hide it because we feel like we have been compromised as people, which is understandable. We feel shame. We feel, we feel used. We feel disgusting. We feel shameful and gross um, because we've been tampered with. We, we're, not, we're not fresh. We're not holy. We're, we're, we're dis, we're, uh, we've, been, we've been abused, but... This is this is some powerful work. This is what healing is about, and uh, I want to offer you guys uh, a free 15-minute consultation. Please reach out. I'd love to get uh, to discuss how I can maybe help you work through your childhood wounding. Uh, we want to uncover literally everything. We want to just completely from bottom top to bottom dismantle any of this, uh, you know, dysfunction, so we can realize that it was not your fault that you were wounded, but it's ultimately your responsibility to heal what was given to you. And when you do, you heal yourself, you heal others, you heal your past, and then you stop the intergenerational trauma, and ultimately you heal your future, you heal your children, you heal your, you heal your relationships. Thank you so much for tuning in to Narcissist Abuse Recovery Life Coaching. This is Yitz Epstein. Have an awesome day.